Obligatory Breakfast Club episode in every long-running television show, and I'm Allison. Um, and I brought Fizzle Rocks to the function. They're a new drug. They just hit the streets. Ah, uh, I'm Evan, and we are Cheryl's bitches. This, yes. So, we are at the Midnight Club. I am so excited. Also, it was really funny to me because. I sat down and watched this and was like, you know what else I just watched? The Degrassi Breakfast Club episode. Yes, Evan's watching Degrassi for the first time. So any Degrassi had sound off because I've seen every episode unironically probably at least 16 times. It's what I just play in the background of my life. It was crazy. Um, Drake being breakfast clubbed was so fun. So crazy. So That is such a cult classic episode. And this is a cult classic episode. And every single breakfast club homage is a cult classic episode. It really is. Um, I feel like this one does the format pretty successfully because it, it does it very briefly and then it moves away. Like it's not just redoing the breakfast club. Whereas I feel like a lot of them are like, we are just going to do the Breakfast Club again. Yeah, and they didn't try to, like, make them the specific characters. They just made them, like, general high school stereotypes, basically. But also some were, like, not even stereotypes. (laughs) Were they stereotypes that actually exist? We'll talk about that. Oh, so much to talk about this episode. Uh, Get seated, get a beverage, and... Have fun. So it opens with Jughead narrating per usual. And he tells that that tells us that everyone is playing griffins and gargoyles at school, even though the uh, adults are trying to stop them. Um, but they all need to play it so that they can escape their lives. <laughs> Which real. <laughs> I love that no kid at this school is happy. Like, yeah. why are the popular people playing G and G? Like, aren't they okay? <laughs> There, something something needs to be done. Um, the school mental health services need to be like overhauled and whatever. Um, but Hermione is giving a presentation to a class at school about the awful ramifications of G and G, and she's like, "It killed Ben and Dilton." Um, and it's targeted to at impressionable developing minds like yours. Yeah, um, Jughead asks if, like, you're admitting the game killed Dilton and Ben, and she says, yes, Mr. Jones. I'm like, what? How? No, wait, no. Like, they killed themselves, They killed themselves. (laughs) Like, it just seems very, it's giving, like, those just, like, fear-mongering, like, when people are like, check your kids halloween candy they they laced them with lsd it's like what that has never actually happened like no one's actually just trying to kill teenagers but this is also riverdale so like i guess i guess but yeah yeah i don't know it's weird and i'm like hermione you know the way to be like get teenagers not to do something is not to be like it's super dangerous and has killed people and might kill you and <laughs> you're not allowed to do it no matter what <laughs> like that's a real good way to stop people from doing yeah things. as reggie says in the scene um challenge accepted 
not the challenge um, accepted but yeah so everyone's playing and cheryl's like well some of us are shepherds not sheep we're not gonna, we're not gonna kill ourselves mayor and and you know what um, cheryl's real for that she really is hermione officially bans it which like i guess a mayor can do sure sure and Kevin is running a support hotline for the school. Why is Kevin in charge of this? No, my favorite part is she says, I've set up a 24-hour crisis hotline overseen by Kevin Keller. To which Kevin immediately and like begrudgingly is like, FYI, I'm only there after school. <laughs> what happened here? Also, he needs the most support. Like, yes. he should... why is he the one giving support when he is the one who needs support? If anyone is susceptible to Griffin and Gargoyles, it is Kevin Keller. Don't worry, because he doesn't fall for it. He joins the cult instead, Evan, okay? He's, so true. He's capable of more than you believe. Anyway, the girlies are talking about this whole thing after Veronica does say that, like, my mom's so dumb because, you know, the best way to, like, get teenagers to stop doing something is totally to ban it. And um, Betty asks, you're not playing the game, are you, V? To which Veronica says, you don't make fibs 20 under 20 by printing five fives i tried to type it down but obviously it's just fake forbs so uh yeah, you don't forms. make i already forgot it fives. fives you don't make fives 20 under 20 by prancing around in the woods in a deer carcass which fake riverdale fake riverdale brand do 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 dang <laughs> there were a few this episode um so yeah, so they're not playing. And Betty and Jughead are also not playing. Um, but sh- they're like, why were our parents so pressed about um, us playing this game? Like, I don't... What's going on here? Um, before they can discuss further, though, Dr. Curdle Jr. calls because he's found something. <laughs> um, so then Betty runs home to confront Alice with a, like, evidence file she got from Dr. Curdle Jr. that is from... A dead body found at Riverdale High while her mom was at Riverdale High and the body had blue lips. And she's like, Mom, what are you telling me? (laughs) Which I feel like this would be a lore of the school. Like, you would have to. I feel like everyone would know. Nobody knows. Well, I guess they found the body. Okay, well, spoilers. But I don't know. Yeah, like, we found a body at Riverdale High with blue lips. Like, I feel like that would be an urban legend (laughs) of some sort. Yeah, but they've never heard of it. But Alice finally agrees that she'll tell the true story. Um, (laughs) So then we get our beautiful flashback for, like, pretty much the rest of the episode. Um, My first note is, Young Alice is so hot and pregnant. Yes. Because <laughs> it's immediately revealed she's, like, taking a pregnancy test at in the school bathroom, which, which I always wonder when characters do this. I'm like... Take it at home. <laughs> take it at home. But guess what? She's pregnant. Um, In the, like, intro to this, she makes a Nirvana reference. But then everything... Like, they play 80s music, and everything else is, like, 80s references. 
but they are kind of dressed in like more of a 90s way than an 80s way so i don't very confused as to what time period this is set in i think they didn't want to commit to like nailing down these actual characters ages (laughs) so true um anyways hermione overhears alice crying in the bathroom and so she's like oh my god you're pregnant And Sierra is also there, um, writing on the mirror in lipstick. I don't know what she was writing, though, but I was just like, slay drag queen moment. She was writing in apartheid and drew (laughs) the continent of Africa in lipstick on the bathroom mirror. I was like, slay, slay the house down. Which also, more of a 90s movement. Like, I don't know what year it is. I don't, I, I don't, it was the late 80s, early 90s, I think. I don't, what year is it? No one knows. Um, Anyways, oh, it's also really important to know that all of the characters are being played by their, like, children's actors as their, so it's like Alice is being played by Lily Reinhardt, and um, uh, Hermione is being played by Camilla Mendez, and, like, you know, the gist. So it's them pretending to be their parents. Um. Anyways, Alice reveals that it's FP's baby, and right as she does that, Penelope bursts in, in truly a kind of iconic outfit, because it's, like, so ugly. She's wearing a, <laughs> like, mostly black turtleneck, but at, a like, the top of the boobs, it becomes red, so, like, the shoulders and the neck are red. And over it, she has, like, a pale yellow oversized blazer. <laughs> and, like, the most 80s glasses. <laughs> They had to do so much to try to, like, convince us that, like, she wasn't hot. Like, They were like, Madeline Pesh, you need to stop being hot. And she's like, I can't. I can't do it. No matter what I do, I look good. Every scene, she's wearing, like, eight layers of clothing. Because they're like, we can't. We gotta hide all of this. And huge glasses. Oh, anyway, so then Penelope asks for their hall passes, and Alice says, it's up your ass, Penelope. Slay. Which, Penelope then calls her a bastard, (laughs) which I was like, whoa. And also, Sierra and uh, Hermione are like, they're even taken aback. I'm like, (laughs) what kind of comment is that? Like, call her a slut or something. Jesus Christ. Um, so Alice slaps her and Penelope slaps back and they get into a little tussle. Um, Penelope also calls Alice a trashy bitch before slapping her back. <laughs> it's really good. Anyways, <laughs> in the locker room, um, Reggie's dad, who's apparently named Marty, um, is trying to convince FP to streak around the school, but FP doesn't want to until Fred agrees to go with him. Okay, um, sorry. (laughs) Obviously, I'm going to make many references to her. We could have had a real good life where she's dead. Because there are several good moments um, for this iconic couple. But, okay, they're trying to convince FP to street. Nobody asks. It's not like FP is like, I'll only do it if someone else is doing it. Fred is just immediately, I'll do it with you. FP's like, I'm not doing it. That's dumb. And Fred's like, I'll do it. And then they're like, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Like, 
like, okay, no other motivations. Brad's justification is that he did it, the baseball team convinced him to do it, and it made him a real hit with the ladies. Sure it did, Fred. Sure. But then, so he does, says that, and then, like, two seconds later, he's like, and if you run fast enough, they'll just see a blur. So it's like, the ladies think you're a Ken doll, and so that made you a real hit with them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, so, of course, that's how they all end up in Saturday Detention. Um, then we get a Riverdale logo that's very 90s. The Mm -hmm. logo was very 90s. Um, and, uh, Alice is giving kind of like an overview of all of our characters that we find here in this Saturday Detention. I was confused that Fred is also the artist athlete I just need to, these character types, so like the character types that they laid out were the bad girl, who is Alice, the sure. rebelling Catholic, which is Hermione. Okay. Sure. sure. The teacher's pet, which is Penelope, the artist athlete, which is Fred, which is that a character type? No, just in Riverdale. And in it's High a, School Musical. In High School the Musical, but like that's different. Um... He's not really an artist. He just wants to sing. Um, the political animal <laughs> is what she says, which is Serena. And then FP, who you're like, okay, that's going to be just like the jock, the athlete. No, he's the ladies' man. <laughs> oh, the F- I don't know. I guess we haven't talked about FP in high school. Because when the only time we really heard about like the parents in high school was at the beginning of season one, when it was like Fred got back together with Hermione and all of that, and FP wasn't there for that because he wasn't like part of, he yeah. was part of a gang and not part of the gang at that point. <laughs> so we did like hear about him, but I'm like, what? He was like a popular jock in high school, I guess. Uh, according to Alice, a stud muffin, as we used to say. I said Alice goes off about how hot FP was in a weird gir- way. Girl, why are you so horny? Your daughter's right there. Um, because she's currently horny for him also. But, like she's currently horny for high school FP. It's weird. It is so weird. Sorry. Sorry. I I always go after the Alice heads. But to be to want to get it's back fine. together with the guy that knocked you up in high school that you were so ashamed of that you pretended the baby was someone else's and you want to get back with him? Like, girl, move on. She's grown. They've changed. Anyways, um, so they're all in detention. It's the Breakfast Club. They have to write an essay. Um, but obviously, because it's the Breakfast Club, immediately they're like, we're not doing this. Um, and they all start fighting, like, immediately, <laughs> as soon as the teachers left. Um, which I think the actor who was playing the principal was actually in the Breakfast Club. I can't tell you who, but he looked familiar. Oh. Um, I know it's Featherhead, because they make him Featherhead is the name, and that's also the principal in the 50s episodes, which I'm like... This timeline doesn't add up because he's older when he's playing the 50s principal years later. Um, But Alice is carving her initials into, like, the windowsill. And 
Tommy Keller shows up and kisses Sierra. Oh my gosh, they were together in high school too. Which made me immediately think, where is Molly Ringwald? Where is she? Like, she also went to this school. She's not in this episode, not like her, but like a young, you know, supposed to be playing that character. Wasn't she also in there here? Like, where is she? That's so true. Like, and she was actually in the breakfast club so like it would make sense for her to be here also i did google it he was in the breakfast club he played brainy brian oh okay which is what? like the nerd guy huh who's i That's think fun. gets together with molly ringwald they could get him but not molly ringwald who's actually in the show in like a like recurring part cameo or something okay whatever um nice. yeah so then they were like let's all actually hang out i guess and penelope says that clicks don't mix haven't you seen heathers i wrote that down too (laughs) oh riverdale um then sierra suggests that they play secrets and sins so they do because why not um so then everyone's sharing their secrets sierra admits that her and um sheriff keller or soon i guess eventually tom keller i was like what is sheriff keller's first name um are secretly dating but they can't be together together because their parents are racist um so yeah (laughs) that was unfortunate unfortunate um hermione's secret is do she's like do you guys know hiram lodge to which fred she literally says do you know hiram lodge fred says oh yeah Dude is ripped. <laughs> it was. I, I died. He's so gay, and I'm sorry, Archie. Look, KJ Appa playing Archie Andrews, modern day Archie Andrews, not gay, Mm-mm. not not a gay character. Fifty nope. about him having to play like a past, a historical version. Like his gayness ramps up to a ten. Like, is Do KJ Apple gay think... at all? Do we know? No, he has a child, and he's... well, he could still be gay. Well, you know what I mean. A he's type. Not. I think he's well, fairly. I think he's straight and has a child. Um, well, he's straight, but he could that's be true. a little gay. <laughs> that's true. Bisexual as far as I know, is the word I'm looking for. He's twenty six. <laughs> he's only. Yeah, he's not very old. Oh my god. He's like I think R- he's the youngest of the cast. Oh my gosh. I do not think he was that Damn. Okay, anyway, sorry. But does he not have a child? He does have a child. Okay, that's what I'm just saying. I was like alluding to like bisexual or something like that. No, I don't think he is. I think I don't think he is. He's been in some like weird Christian I know movie. that movie, but don't you think that's just because he's unemployed? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if KJ Apple is that picky about the roles he gets. No offense to our king, I think he might just uh, like a job. Anyway, he, he did, according to his Wikipedia page, in yeah. the personal life section, <laughs> publicly criticize Australian rugby football player Israel Faulu for claiming that it was God's plan to send gay people to hell. So he's an ally at the very least. An ally. Thank you, KJ. Can we come on the pod, KJ? If you're truly Anytime. an ally, you're always welcome. 
I will ask you if you're gay at all. Oh my god, if we ever get guests on the pod, we gotta make them do Kinsey scale for themselves. Oh yeah, obviously. Anyway, okay, so Anyways, any- um so I think that KJ Apple might just think that every historical figure was gay. And honestly, he's right for that, because they were. Um except for the homophobic ones. <laughs> It's so true. Anyways, um, Penelope says that Hiram is a petty criminal, to which Hermione says, no, he's a self-starter who provides for his family. Man, which play? I mean, she's so... I like this because you can kind of see, like, how these two characters ended up together. Like, I feel like their dynamic makes the most sense of all the kind of histories that are given. They do. And I just love that from moment zero, she was down for the grind. She was like, I'm here for the grift. I'm I'm down for it. Let's make it work. (laughs) Um, Then they were talking about, like, are they going to stay in Riverdale for their whole lives? And Fred says that he wants to stay for his whole life. And um, they're like, why? Why would you want to stay in this one horse town and he says that he's gonna stay to look after his dad they don't say one horse town they don't uh he's he has to stay to look after his dad who is sick they're specifically like how are you gonna stay don't you want to do baseball and or music and he's like i can do both here where we have a minor league baseball team apparently like maybe in the city and he's like and we're close enough to the city that you can go there and play music like what's going on don't ask what city though don't ask what city i it's implied to be new york but i don't believe it is um then fp has to give a secret and wait no there's a really funny moment because fred's like maybe one day i'll even run for mayor and sierra says ugh nightmare job I'm like political animal question mark okay I guess she's just like a rebel more of a rebel well, protester at this age like, why would you be mayor of Riverdale when you could like have any other political position she's like I would simply be the president I would simply do a different job like I would simply be a better politician than that um then we get to FP <laughs> and his his secrets slash sin it, Alice reveals that he actually lives in the trailer park and he's a fake North Sider. Mm-hmm. Which I have a lot of questions. How was he hiding that this whole time? Like, there's even a comment later where they're like, how have we gone to school together our entire lives and we know nothing about each other? I'm like, I feel like in a kindergarten, he would not have had the self-awareness to be like, um, no, I live on Elm Street. I'm not from Sunnyside Trailer Park. Like... It makes no sense. And like <laughs> Has I no one been like, like, let's do homework after school at your place? Like I don't I don't understand. They're clearly in like very different cliques, but like, yeah, some of them wouldn't like to lie about where you live, I feel like is a challenging lie. Like being like a fake North Sider, aka like hanging out with the North Siders and like being on varsity sports, whatever, that makes sense. To straight up lie that he doesn't live in the trailer park, like yeah are there a bunch of people that live there that also go to the school like no one has ever like spread that 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm very also very because this would be at the time of Southside High too. So like Southside High did exist. So I'm just very confused by the school district boundaries of this school. Like who's who's going where? It <laughs> doesn't make sense. To me. That we might be overthinking this. But... Anyways. Um... <laughs> His other uh, trauma is he's like, yeah, I'm going to like do it right. I'm not going to hit my kid. And then shows his fucking broken arm. I was like, which Jesus. this was so <laughs> random because Atlas was just like, you live in the trailer park. And he's like, yeah, but I'm not going to beat my kids like my dad beats me. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Alice was not intending to reveal that. Like, um, but anyways, his dad beats him because he wants to be the first Jones to go to college and not be a serpent. Riverdale in their writing of gangs, like we've talked about this before, pivots between like, no, they're like community organizations that have a place in society, and then like gross, offensive stereotypes, like the. The dad beats him up because he wants to go to college. Like <laughs> the same gang is a grassroots political activist organization advocating for the rights of the oppressed and also a violent mob that will terrorize anyone who even breathes in their direction. <laughs> uh yeah. So then we get Penelope secrets, which they kind of buried the lead on this because this secret gets no screen time in this whole episode. And it is by far like <laughs> the craziest is that she says the Blossoms are actually terrible people. And they're like, what are you talking about, Penelope? You're a Blossom. No, she was an orphan at the Children of Quiet Mercy. And one day the Blossom like parents show up and ask to see all the redheaded children. I was like, how can there be that many? There's not that many redheads on planet Earth. Like, how many are orphans at this exact orphanage? But okay. They pick her. Um, and she was excited that she was being adopted, but she actually realized that she was being groomed to be Clifford's sister and life partner. Yeah. So I have a lot of questions. Like, before we even dig into this, I have some timeline questions here. So we know that Clifford threatened his twin brother at some point in the past and caused him to run away and, like, go hide and pretend to not be there anymore. In this, they state that Clifford is seven or, like, something like that when they pick this out does that mean little six-year-old clifford was out there like threatening his brother at gunpoint because they only pick up one child true like obviously when that <laughs> scene happened it's implied that they were like young adults when that whole or yeah. at least teenagers when that's they were place. supposed to be like teenagers <laughs> and because like the blossom curse but yeah they only pick out one child bright also why do they have to adopt a, a girl for this like can't Clifford just marry someone and like bring them into the empire Um, I think they just looked at their child and said yeah he got no riz we need <laughs> to do this for him what if 
what if he falls in love and it's not a redhead and then they have some fucking brunette babies no we gotta stop that it wouldn't work orphan it wouldn't work we need an orphan they would destroy the business all this to say like and also isn't it like having twins like on the mother's like that's a genetic thing like you're you can be more genetic predis genetically predispo- predisposed to having twins or triplets like multiples but isn't that through the mom so it's like assume. how is she if the blossoms always have twins and shit how is this random orphan they brought in i just think this is so funny because they go through all of this just because they wanted like Madeline to play young Penelope and they didn't want to like find some kid to play Clifford Blossom yeah <laughs> but they still Which... needed like the connections to the Blossoms but did they really need the connections to the Blossoms I feel like they didn't <laughs> they just went through this for fun I think they kind of implied at different points that like Penelope grew up like groomed for this type of life and so has Clifford that it like doesn't really make sense because it's like one of them had to marry into this yeah it was just like Clifford and Penelope the way I think the way they've like implied things in the past is just Clifford and Penelope always were and so like it's like they're just they are both blossoms somehow and the only way that works is either through this or actual incest so they were like well Let's go with this. Let's go um, with this. But also, it was just like, you just didn't need to put this in here. It could have just not been done. But that is the reason that Riverdale is the best show ever on television. Because they went there. They did that. And for what reason, who knows? But they did it. <laughs> you know, honestly, it makes Penelope's character make so much more sense. Because it's like, yeah, it I would be that fucked up too. And it- like the whole thing of her going after the uncle, after Clifford is dead and like basically doing being in the same type of relationship with his brother like that kind of makes sense like she was literally groomed for this yeah like it makes it makes you empathize with penelope a lot more than i think you would otherwise which is good i guess but then like doesn't make sense when they have her do things later anyway they all the gang is like reacting to this like what the fuck Hermione is like your parents are terrible like what and Penelope's like at least they're not scrubbing floors like your mom Hermione I'm like what they're doing is worse but okay Hermione does defend her and say that her mom has class and they get into another physical fight and everyone kind of like is trying to break them up slash joins in and that earns them four more saturday detentions yeah um so then one of them on the first saturday of cold rain as alice said which okay girl (laughs) sure um Hermione is trying to break into Mrs. Crabapple's drawer to get her game lad back which was funny to me Um, okay pause because before this it shows them like they're slowly starting to become friends and what they show for this is Fred hops over a desk to give FP a sandwich Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mm-hmm um so yeah so 
Hermione's trying to get her game lad. So fake Riverdale brand no, again. Let's go. Let's go. Um, and Mrs. Crabapple's drawer, which was really funny to me personally, because one of the like study hall monitors at my high school was named Mrs. Crabapple. That's a really unfortunate name. Yeah, it was really unfortunate for her. Anyways, and then so they find Griffin and Gargoyles in the drawer when they break it open. So that's how they get the game. Yes. And they're like, I thought this was an urban legend. Um, I don't know. I don't know what comes of this, but I wrote, proof everyone looks hotter switching aesthetics. All of these characters are like, the parents are like the opposite aesthetic as like we see them on a regular episode. Um, True. So yeah. That is kind of true, though. Like, have you noticed that when people, like, I feel like I noticed that about myself. Like, when I dressed way differently than I usually do, I'm like, whoa, I actually look, like, so good right now. I don't know. I have one aesthetic, and I just stick to it, but... That's why we need to put you in a Southside Serpent jacket, throw away the sweaters, Evan, become a greaser. Betty and I have a special connection that you just don't understand because we love our sweaters. Um, anyway, so they all decide to play it, even though um, they like because they've mentioned hurrying rumors about how dangerous the game is. So then Penelope becomes the game master. Alice is a sorceress. Hermione is the thief. Sierra is the siren. FP is the dead eye. And Fred is the radiant knight. Of course. Um I guess Fred and Archie are not opposites. They're exactly clones, but okay. Um, Hermione, when choosing uh, the thief, they're like, huh, wow, the Catholic girl doing that. And she says, I always wanted to be free of moral reasoning, which I found pretty relatable. So then they start getting into it, um, and it shows like just a montage of them playing it. And then one day they decide to take the game off board. And Penelope has made like this new challenge that requires pairs. And uh, like Hermione and Fred look at each other and Alice and FP look at each other. And then because Penelope is a little agent of chaos from that fake Blossom Blood, she chooses like the opposite pairs to go together. So... Hermione has to go with FP and uh, Alice goes with Fred. And she says, I'm just in the mood for a little chaos. Yeah. So in the student lounge, FP and Hermione like instantaneously. <laughs> I went so, so aggressively, my headset fell off. Okay, continue. <laughs> Um, they like immediately find the gem that they're all looking for, like just so instantly. But also, it's in the vending machine. Which, how did she get it in there? I have questions. Um, but then they like shake it, the machine, until it falls down. Um, and FP is flirting with Hermione, and they like almost kiss, but then Hermione pushes him away. She's not actually into you, FP. Yeah. Which, like, okay, what a ladies' man. Like, we get no examples of Effie being a ladies' man other than, like, Alice likes them. But okay. Um, Alice starts crying randomly in the newspaper room. Uh, she's hormonal. She's hormonal. <laughs> she's a crazy pregnant lady, okay? Because that's um, how women, bitches be shopping, right? 
pregnant women do cry um she starts crying for no reason and she tells fred that she is lost in her life and the game is a great escape but they eventually have to stop playing and then she has to go back to being herself tragic then they kiss of course and Alice, then we cut to, like, modern-day Alice being like, oh, Betty, we were just messing around. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, then Alice, or Hermione and FP are talking about Alice, and Alice is like, or Hermione's like, what were you guys doing? And her, um... Effie's like, we were just fooling around. Like, it's not that serious. And then Hermione's like, I don't know. I think you should talk to her and, like, take your shot. Shoot your shot there, King. Um, and he's like, oh, maybe I will. So that's where that is. Fred confides in Alice that he's upset that her dad is his dad is dying. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we get there. <laughs> sad. They gotta move through sad. a lot of scenes in this episode, okay? So I will then... say, then we cut to Betty eating on the couch and being like, oh, wait, because Alice and Fred kiss after this. Oh, yeah. And so then we cut to Betty eating, like, mid-bite on the couch, being like, what? It's really funny, actually. Um, Then we see they started playing G&G uh, &G at the school at night after they were done with their Saturday detentions, I guess. And they call themselves the Midnight Club and we get a sick uh, scene of the like song playing and them all putting on ridiculous mm -hmm. costumes and hopping around. And uh, so then FP, they chose like FP got together with uh, Alice and Fred and Hermione did, which I'm like, wasn't she into Hiram? Like, what happened here? She like, was. I think they wrote that because they forgot that FP or uh, her and Fred had a thing in high school and they're like, oh, wait, we need to work that in here. Yeah. Which I'm like, have her meet Hiram later, but whatever. Whatever. Um, it's not that important. And Sierra's, then... I, I said Sierra's a siren outfit is fire. She has like this blue crown and like a blue bejeweled bra and flowy mm. pants and it's very mermaid-esque and yeah. everyone else's costumes are good too but they're kind yeah. of ridiculous because they they're playing a role-playing game um then one night they're wandering around the school and they run into Hiram Tom Reggie's dad who I forget the name of and Daryl Doily who is Dilton Doily's dad also playing G and G, and so they're like, "What?" And then they decide to join forces. But before they do that, um, Daryl Doily looks at Penelope and says, "Relinquish your game master duties." And Penelope says, "Make me heathen." <laughs> but thank God they decide to join up instead. Um, and then they decide to do like a big quest one night, and they all receive. Well, they don't. They decide to because they all receive invitations in their lockers to uh, the Ascension Party where they can ascend and meet the Gargoyle King. So then they all show up and Penelope is like reading the scroll that has like the instructions, yeah. I guess. And Mr. Hiram Lodge, which Hiram was throwing me off so much because he's the one like obviously Camilo's not picked playing him so they had to Which find like some guy would have been iconic if she was they should have had 
Camila Mendez in drag playing her dad and her mom at the same time. Like it would have been so good. That would have been genius, but that is not what happened. That is not what happened. Um, so it's a random, it's a random twink. And so (laughs) Hermione's like, this isn't really much of a party if like all we're doing is just going to wander around the school and look for these two cups. So Hiram's like, yeah, that's right. Um, Let's uh, all do fizzle rocks. This new drug that just hit the streets in his words. (laughs) Which, what does that even mean? Like, it just got invented? Okay. Who knows? Um, I guess. Yes, they invented fizzle rocks. That's what happened. I mean, sure they did, but I've never heard of them. (laughs) And they all start passing around. They all decide to take it, which I'm like zero convincing needed to get some of these like goody two shoes. So like like, like, the Penelope and Fred were just immediately like, yeah, sure, let's do this like drug I've never heard of before. Why not? Um, but Alice doesn't take any because she's pregnant. Sure that would happen yeah well responsible <laughs> responsible mom how long has she been praying this okay we'll get to the timeline later it makes no sense but then like uh not dilton but whatever dilton's dad's name is and daryl 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 and penelope are like both like wow great job setting this up and they're like i didn't set this up you didn't but then they were just like, okay, what else? Um, which I would have immediately been like, guys. Yeah, their lack of questioning was like, but I guess maybe they just thought someone else in the group did. Yes, I don't know. Um, and Alice is like, from the start, the night was crazy. It started with an impromptu concert from the Fred Heads and only got weirder from there. And I would like everyone to know that the Fred Heads consist of Fred, FP, Alice, Hermione, and Sierra. So I wrote that down too because I'm like, that makes no sense. It in makes the no sense. Part. Absolutely like, no sense. But like, okay, Alice, like Alice was part of this Fred group question mark. It makes no sense. But I guess that's what the Fred Heads were. Um so then it's like a bunch of crazy antics. They're all going crazy. And Alice is like the most sane. Um, and she has to run to the bathroom to vomit. Because what else do pregnant women do? Have morning sickness at night. Duh. In the evening. Which I do think you can have morning sickness like at any yeah. time of day. But there is a reason it's called morning sickness. And it's because it's most common in the morning. Anyways. Um... But as she's in the bathroom, all the lights cut out and the red, like, emergency lights flip on. And she goes and looks at the sink. And there are the, like, chalices with the coin. And um, someone wrote, like, all over the bathroom, walls flip for your fate. She's, like, all over. Everywhere. Yes. And lots of weird symbols. And it's very creepy. Alice gets Mm -hmm. sussed out and is smart enough. She sees the two chalices um but is smart enough to just leave (laughs) to get the fuck out of there but as she's leaving she sees the gargoyle king um it's the same one that we have seen that ethel was talking to last episode and all that yeah um and she also sees the that principal featherhead has shown up so she's like i didn't know what to do so i decided to just get out of there before anyone got in trouble so 
Yeah. Yeah. Then the next day at school, she's like, I hadn't heard from anyone in the club and I can't find them anywhere. So she goes to talk to the principal and he's also not there. Featherhead is also missing. And then she runs into Hermione in the hall and is like, what happened last night? And Hermione, in the most dramatic way ever, is like, oh, you didn't hear? Fred's dad died. Damn. Which is bad. Which is actually fucking heartbreaking. Um, Because he died while they were all just goofing off at this party. And, like, then we see after his funeral, they're talking about, like, one featherhead has been declared missing at this point because he hasn't been seen for days. And Fred is, like, beating himself up, talking about how his dad died alone. Um, And it is so sad. Like, damn, to have that be Fred's backstory. Like, his backstory seemed sad enough, talking about, like, how he lost his dad and had to like take over the family business like we knew that much but to have his dad die um while he in his own head is like perceiving it as like i was just goofing up and i should have been there yeah it was really rough um alice confesses that she saw featherhead that night and penelope's like and she was like, what happened? And they were like, what do you mean? We didn't see him at all. Um, and then they all just kind of start accusing each other of stuff for a little bit. And Penelope's like, let's all just keep our mouths shut. We don't know what happened. And we don't want them to like think we're suspicious. So just no one say anything and we'll be fine. But then <laughs> they're like, we could know. The way Alice says this is so funny because she's like, but we couldn't deny the flies that were around. And it's just like a bunch of flies just in this school. And I'm like, how did it get to this point without anyone saying anything? But they finally open like the cabinet under the stairs, the same one Jughead was sleeping in when he was homeless. Throwback. Throwback. The episode. And the janitor opens it and Featherhead, like the corpse of Featherhead falls out and he is very much dead and very much has blue lips yep Mm -hmm. so then in their like final meeting the midnight club has um alice barges in and just starts like wildly accusing things um so very betty move actually (laughs) i understand where she gets it from now (laughs) um they all say they had nothing to do with it uh, my one note is that young Hiram sounds weirdly like adult Hiram. So good casting there, I guess. They or... also kind of looked alike. Yeah, they did. I was a little confused as to what was going on there. So it was like actually pretty good casting. Um, Alice mentions that um, is like, who was in the weird costume that I saw? And everyone is like, what are you talking about, girl? <laughs> Um, FP says Lady Smith doth protest a little too much, methinks, which funny. Don't think FP would be making that reference, but funny. <laughs> I forgot they weren't writing for Jughead for a second. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, they're not gonna question it because Cole Sprouse is saying it, so it's fine. Alice like wants to go to the cops, like they're all trying to figure out who set up the quest because if like featherhead was poison that means someone put poison in those chalices so like whoever set it up none of them did or at least admitting to it um 
and Alice is freaking out because it means that someone was just trying to kill one or all of them. Like, they probably weren't going after Featherhead if, because he wasn't, you know, there, the party wasn't set up for him. Yeah. Um. So then they eventually decide that they just need to destroy the game. Um, and they decide to just destroy the manuals and scatter the rest of the pieces across, um, town essentially. And Alice just immediately tells Betty where everything was, which, okay. I mean, like, I guess you're not going to stop her from playing by telling her that, but like, seems like a little irresponsible. Um, but anyways, they make a pact to never talk about Griffins and Gargoyles again. Okay. So I just Googled it, uh, who to see who was playing young Hiram, and it's his actual son. Oh, that makes <laughs> Mark sense. Mark Consuelos' actual son was playing him, which makes a lot of sense. Um, oh. Wow. Play. Good for him. Kelly um, Ripa? He's married to Kelly Ripa? Yeah, you didn't know that? That's why he hosts the um, that show with her in the morning now. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Um Yeah, they're married. Slay and their son played young Hiram. Slay. Okay. Yeah, but they also like Ryan Seacrest, who was replaced by he replaced whoever replaced Ryan Seacrest, whoever replaced um Was it Regis Philbin? I remember Ryan Seacrest. I think it was <laughs> Kelly and Regis at first. Like yeah, from, that's from how it what I remember yeah. as the beginning. Yes. Let's go through the entire ages you can figure out well roughly i think he was on there for a while yeah um anyways oh my God. good for kelly ripa jesus i know right good That's for her wow yeah no she pulled okay oh they also have a daughter daughter named lola oh why okay um anyway so then Alice like finishes the story and says that it was a return to reality after this. Fred sold his guitar and started working for the family business. Hermione got together with Hiram. Sierra and Tom broke up um because they I don't know. It Racism, was too hard. I don't know. Racism. Um the game master became the pawn which was a very clever way of showing that Penelope decided to like lean into what the Blossoms were trying to get her to do for like the protection aspect. Um, She tells Clifford, who's Jason, which was fun, um, that she wants to stay at Thornhill forever. Couldn't they have just caught the Jason actor to play Clifford in this episode? Whatever. Well, Well, I think at that point they were still going on the Jason doesn't speak side of things so they couldn't have him in it because then he would have spoken true very true um then they ruined it so it's fine fp became a serpent um and then the last thing we see is alice like talking to hal cooper and being like hi hal do you have a time for malt after school um she puts on the ugliest like most grandma ass blazer and walks up to hal and is like do you want to get a milkshake she decides to become a prep and i'm like okay is even hal stupid enough to fall for this timeline because we saw her finding out that she was pregnant at least four saturday (laughs) detentions 
lost some because then they started playing at night and then there was a whole thing of the whole murder that took place days and days after that like holy even if they had sex on their first date the timeline falls apart instantly it does it really does it's giving um glee where um finn thinks that he got quinn pregnant in a hot tub <laughs> simply <laughs> by being in the hot tub together Honestly, she could have probably made something up and Hal would have believed it. Because of his <laughs> fucked up childhood, she would have been like, no, actually, like, because I'm so young, it only takes, like, eight months. Like, <laughs> Actually, a little known fact, the closer you are, the less time it takes. Because you're, like, they're fresher. They don't nice. have to cook for as long. <laughs> but So then we see, like, in present day, Betty has many questions and she's like, wait, but who poisoned the cups? Um, of course Alice doesn't know. And but she does figure it has to be someone in the Midnight Club because they were the ones that were there, and that Featherhead was an unintentional casualty. And Betty wants to ask more questions. <laughs> but Alice is like, no, the more you think about G and G, the more it sucks you in they were just like trying to come up with a reason why like they couldn't solve this mystery too quick basically and alice is just like no like i don't even want to talk about it um i have trauma betty it was funny alice is i so she's been wearing it the whole time but i will say alice does kind of slay in her like hippie outfit um because it's like a blue linen very deep v blouse and she is like in this like her normally like very put together hair is now like free and like flowy um and curly and she has a bunch of dangly necklaces it was giving like rich mom on an ayahuasca retreat because she's free now realness because she's in a cult <laughs> yeah um, exactly Betty asked like do you think Dilton and Ben killed themselves or like was it murder what happened and Alice says, in the end, it's just death, Betty, which I like that line. Um, and Alice pleads with her not to to stop like investigating this. And Betty says, you know, I can't do that. Which like, yes, you can. Because she then makes this whole claim of like, uh, it, it's like now everyone at school is playing it like and and my friends died i'm like this really had nothing to do with you betty like let's be no betty just wants to investigate she's bored she's bored she needs a project (laughs) (laughs) um but betty does swear that she won't play the game and like clearly means it this time yeah Betty does tell her that she saw the gargoyle king in the woods and she thinks that it might be the same person who was the gargoyle king in the high school when her mom saw it. Um, Then she goes to the high school to like check her sources is what she says, I think. And so she sees all of the initials that Alice carved into a windowsill in the classroom, which was earlier in the episode. And then she finds um, the like chalices where Alice said they were hidden in the school. And on the bottom, there's a weird symbol. Um, so then she realized, so confirmed the story. She then goes yeah. to the bunker, um, to find Jughead, and she's like, You'll never believe what I heard. Sees that fucking terrifying sight of 
Jughead, Cheryl, Tony, Sweet Pea, and Fangs all sitting around playing Griffins and Gargoyles. And then Cole Sprouse does do a very convincing job of being a very creepy Jughead yeah. talking about like, but I'm going to learn the truth. I'm going to meet the Gargoyle King, Betty. Um, It's all starting to make sense. And Betty looks terrified. Yeah. Jughead, he, he was a little too good. Where you were like, oh, this is, what is happening? <laughs> I was scared. I was scared for real. I was scared. Uh, that was scary. Uh, what an iconic episode. It really was. <laughs> so entertaining from start to finish. Um, yeah. yeah. It's good. It's a good one. What was your... Uh, outfit of the episode. My outfit of the episode was definitely Penelope's outfit at the beginning in the bathroom, like flashback Penel- um, Penelope's outfit at the beginning in the bathroom with the ugly, ugly, ugly ass yellow blazer. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, I have to go with uh, Sierra's siren costume because they had they put together some pretty good fits for. Uh, their G and G role playing costumes, but I think hers was the best. Yeah, they definitely did. There were some good, good outfits in this episode. What was your quote of the episode? Um, my quote of the episode was definitely, "He's a self starter who provides for his family." <laughs> the way she delivers that line, was, like the delivery was so good. I think she did the best at like being two different people, like playing yeah. the the like the way she played Hermione. And I think that would be like an additional challenge because like Hermione back then was way different than the Hermione is now. Like that's part of her j- journey. And the way she delivered that line was like so impassioned. I believed mm-hmm. it. What was your quote of the episode? I'm trying to decide because like there wasn't one that I'm like was truly life-changing but there were so many that minorly changed my life yeah there weren't any like big standout crazy quotes but a lot of like good one sentence like one-liners yes i can't okay i i am just gonna go with oh yes dude is ripped (laughs) it was so funny (laughs) the meeting timing of that is perfect and just like the way that that is the first thing he thinks about when he thinks of Hiram Lodge is just like, yeah. okay. Yeah, so true. So true. That's what we all think about. <laughs> okay. okay. Who should we do for Kinsey's scale today? Ooh, I don't know. I feel like we've covered most of the parents. Who haven't we done? That's the thing. is We've done most of the parents. I guess we could also do like the parents in high school <laughs> oh fuck yeah <laughs> which one wait which one do we think changed the most oh like our answers would be, would be the most different too that's a good question i don't know um oh we could just do a daryl doily because daryl doily see him again i don't think we do either i think he's a one one hit wonder um okay we are doing kinsey scale which is the heterosexuality to homosexuality scale from zero to six daryl doily daryl doily 
Okay. I have mine. The thing is, we know very little. <laughs> so it's extra hard. <laughs> it's a challenging one, but I feel like I have my answer. I think I have my answer, too. Ready? Mm -hmm. One, two, three. Okay, we're close. Okay, we're pretty I close. Said, I said one, Evan said zero. Okay, so, like, I went with one because, like, we don't know a ton about him, and he is playing G&G. &G. And one noticeable thing to me about their group is it was, like, the dudes edition of G&G. It was. And, like, Hiram Lodge, Tom Keller, Reggie's hot dad, and Daryl Doyle. Like, one, he's winning in that group. Like, no matter what happens, he's probably just, like, happy to be there um because they all seem much like cooler than him yeah in the story and but he does seem like I, dilton is gross <laughs> and like something so, about the way he was playing that character and like so threatened by penelope i was like he's giving like incel boy but i was like oh, maybe he's a one so yeah that's where i was kind of going um first thing that came to mind was well who would produce Dilton Doily but a straight man? So, zero. Lawless logic there. <laughs> Rip the Daryl Doily. Um, so that's where I got to my conclusion. Dead. He's probably actually one of the bitches that are so live. Rip to uh, us not getting to see uh, young... Hiram mm. ever again. Oh, Mary. I was going to oh, say yeah. Mary. I was trying to, I was struggling to think of Mary and not say Molly Ring. <laughs> Molly Ringwald. I always just call her Molly Ringwald. My notes, Molly. They say Molly in them. <laughs> I always say that too. But I'm like, she should have been. I feel like they could have gotten some, they could have had like a cute scene of like, at least Fred like waving to her across the hall or something. Being like, that Mary sure is cute, but they yeah. just, she just wasn't in it at all. Just an offhand comment. I don't know. She just wasn't it. Um, yeah. God, what an iconic episode. That was only the fourth episode of the season. It came I, it's so insane early. to me that that is episode four. And we know so much of this lore before. I'm going to be fully honest. I don't remember most of like the reveal. I know the big thing about like behind G&G, &G, but I don't remember so many of the details that I was like, Oh my god, who killed Featherhead? Like, I don't know. I don't remember who killed Featherhead either. So I'm excited to find out, because that was a good setup episode for that kind of mystery of what were what were the origins of G&G. &G. I feel like all of the stuff I remember from, like, pre-reveal of this plotline have happened at this point. So now I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> like... I'm so excited for the upcoming episodes. Um, there's one in particular I'm looking forward to, so that's coming I'm up excited. pretty soon. So yeah, stay tuned. Anything else? That's all I got. All right. Remember, um, it gets, it gets better. better. <laughs> you can uh reach out to us let us know what your thoughts are on the episode we'd love to hear from you um hear what your favorite iconic fits of the episode or your favorite quotes of the episode are you can reach out to us at um cheryl's at gmail.com 
or you can tweet at us at Cheryl's Bitches or find us on Instagram at Cheryl's Bitches and TikTok at Cheryl's Bitches as well. So um, that is Cheryl's B words at gmail.com if you want to send us an email and Cheryl's Bitches on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check us out, please. <laughs>